Welcome to the Stone Industry Podcast. Whether you're an experienced agent, new to the industry, a property manager or principal, join us in conversations with fellow industry peers. Stone Industry Conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey in real estate. Hi and welcome to today's business podcast. My name is Luke Cameron. In this podcast, we want to dig deep, unpack and find out what it takes to supercharge any real estate business in any given market. Today I've won- today with me, I have one of our very favourite people, Michael Conley, Head of Property Management, who's just joined the team and has been at the forefront of some of the largest rent roll portfolios in Australia. Michael is regarded as a true thought leader when it comes to not only property management, but the real estate business and industry as a whole. Welcome, Michael. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me today. My first podcast with Stone of many, I'm sure, to come. That's exciting, mate. We are incredibly inspired and excited to have you on the team. And uh, for those that haven't met you and had the pleasure, would you mind just sharing your story, Michael? Sure. Well, I've been in real estate over 30 years. Uh, started out uh, as a property manager, went on to, um, after three years of doing that, went on to be a senior property manager, then went on to be a uh, assistant manager in a business in Double Bay, which was Langham Simmons Double Bay, Bart Doff, uh, his business, which was in its day, one of the best businesses in Double Bay. And then from there went to uh, Mossman, worked there for a few years, came back into Double Bay as a manager of a portfolio of a 1,000 properties. Uh, a year into that, uh, the principal came to me and said he'd sold the business, which wasn't fun, until I realised he'd sold it to John McGrath. And that's how I became the general manager of McGraw State Agents Company-owned portfolio, which was 2,800 properties in the day. And then from there, uh, after a few years, John decided that he also wanted to sell his rent roll. So he sold it to a company called Run Property. And I ended up looking after the New South Wales division, which was 7,500 properties under management. I had 68 staff. I had eight offices, and I did that for five years. And then I left and came, uh, well, went back to McGrath in 2010 and uh, 12 years I was in a role which is very similar to this role which was head of network for McGrath estate agents. We had about 8,000 managements uh, when we started in that network and I left uh, just recently we had 34, over 34,000. So yeah, that's uh, a long career in uh, two minutes. <laughs> that's incredible Mick and, and you've had experience in, in as you say from start, businesses starting out also through the very mature rent rolls at 34,000 management it's mind blowing just to get your head around correct so the company portfolio uh, at McGraw was 8,000 properties as I said before that uh, I was actually managing that uh, business to run property New South Wales business 7,500 so just to give you some scope around that I had 12 new business development managers well, uh, I had eight officers, I had 68 staff. Uh, that's in anyone's world, someone's listening into this now and they have one BDM and, or they have five staff or 10 staff. Just imagine having 68 staff across eight offices and what that entails. Indeed. We'll unpack some of those management structures shortly. Um, but a question I do get a lot of, particularly for, from new business owners, uh, is in the perfect world, when you're starting out a rent roll, Mm-hmm. What roles, if you're starting out today, what roles are essential uh, and how would you measure their success? Uh, and equally, yeah. what, what systems, structures, technology would you recommend for someone starting out today? 
So, Luke, there's the two hardest roles to recruit for. Uh, the hybrid role, which is the startup role, and new client consultants or new uh, business development managers. They're the two hardest for me uh, in, my, in my time in real estate. So this hybrid role is uh, when you're starting a rent role, let's call it from zero, uh, is someone that actually needs to understand how to go out and obviously do listing presentations, but also needs to understand how to do leasing and also needs to understand how to do the day-to-day running of a portfolio. So um, where I've seen mistakes, Luke, is uh, in some offices that are starting out, I've had meetings with them, they said, well, I'm just going to get someone part-time. I'm not going to invest heavily into someone in this hybrid role and then we'll see how it goes. Terrible mistake. Uh, and the people that have made those mistakes against my advice, usually about six months later, have me back in their office uh, asking for me to give them better advice around how to hire a experienced hybrid role and invest like I originally told them to do. So there's no, there's no shortcuts here. And unfortunately, when we look at the uh, startup business, Macquarie Bank usually come in with a benchmark of break-even around 275-300 management. So if you're starting out, it is definitely an investment in this business. And the other part that's really interesting about starting up a uh, property management business is it's the fastest growth model you'll ever experience in property management. Zero to 100 is the fastest growth you'll ever experience. And the question would be, well, why is that? Well, the first thing is you've got someone who's in a role where they're starting where they've got nothing to do, which is the hybrid role. So they're ready to go. The second part to it is everyone's excited about the new business. There's investment in marketing. Everyone's working the phones and you know, obviously all their contacts to get new leads into the property management business. So it's a very exciting time and it's a very rapid growth period. And unfortunately, when it gets to about 100, we see that start to wane. And the excitement's not there, the investment's not there. The property manager of a hybrid role is actually starting to now have to really manage properties and manage relationships and manage maintenance, et cetera, and hasn't got the time that they need to be out there building the business. So this is a key. The first thing that needs to happen here is it's another investment and it's another new role. And this role now is either a new business role or if the hybrid role is actually better at actually doing new business than managing portfolios and that's what they're you know the path they want to go on then maybe it's you're hiring a new property manager and that role turns into a new business role either way you're investing again and then we go from there yeah sorry i was going to add mick uh, if that's okay that uh, i've seen a growing trend of businesses outsourcing the function of that hybrid role to a third-party provider have you, have you seen At, the emergence of that and, and the success or not? Not that, not that early on. Uh, you start to see that usually around that 200 to 300 mark. Um, yeah, there are some businesses that will do that. But honestly, if you're doing that from the very get-go, I think you're actually going to get into some uncharted troubled waters sooner than later as well. Yeah. At that very beginning, those relationships that are coming in very quickly from your sales agents that have just started with you, you, the principal, and obviously the property manager, hopefully the joint, all those relationships are very, um, you know, as I said, that zero to 100, they are relationships that were probably being built over five to 10 years or more. So they need to be looked after exceptionally well, right? You're, you're going out on a limb, asking people to give their business across to you. You don't want to be outsourcing that from the get-go. 
The outsourcing part is basically a part that starts to support that role. So that's where we start to see it happening around the 200 to 300 managements. Um, but there's also leasing still to be done. There's still new business. There's still a lot of on-the-ground work that needs to be done, right? But we'll talk about outsourcing in a minute. But the main thing is, first lesson is no part-time roles. The second lesson is your fastest growth will be zero to 100. The next lesson from this is you must keep investing. And once you get to 300 managements, you start to have a business that's passing the break-even mark. And when you get to 500 managements, and we'll talk about obviously outsourcing coming in from that point on, when you get to 500 plus, property management as a business starts to make real sense. And it starts to, in my words, hum the business. Very good, mate. And uh, that was going to be my next question is what, what separates those rent roll portfolios, those that are humming versus those that have hit that ceiling of, of 250 to 300 managements? At, at what point have those businesses continued to invest ahead of the curve to continue that growth uh, momentum? Or what, why, have they, why do a lot of portfolios sort of stall at that 250, 300? Well, as I said before, there's obviously that lack of investment. Uh, the other part to it can be the, the first heading I always have under something, a question like that is leadership and culture. So there, there has to be obviously the, the property management and what can be quite worrying when you do get to a level where investment hasn't been put into the business. So let's say we're hovering around 150, 200, that investment hasn't come in. That hybrid role that you brought in that had started to build relationships with all those clients puts their hand up and says, look, I'm out of here. I'm leaving now. And that's now becoming a very dangerous situation for a business because you didn't invest, you didn't bring those extra roles in or you didn't invest in outsourcing, wherever it might be, uh, or even into technology. You didn't invest in the, all the technology we have now available to us you know, that wasn't around 15 years ago, believe me. Uh, so you didn't invest in the business. That person's now leaving the business. So then you have this churn issue. So those clients that have built a relationship with that hybrid role are now getting a little bit uneasy about this new person that's joined you uh, and starting to make decisions about whether they may stay or not. So that's part of it. The other part, of, of course, is um, in terms of the business, there can be a lack of training. There can be a lack of recognition for those roles. There can be, as I said before, the lack of investment, which creates, creates this churn issue. Staff leaving equals clients leaving, typically. So... And it's like, if you like, Luke, it's like the goose that lays the golden egg. Some of these principles that I've seen out in, you know, these startup businesses that get to 100, 150, 200, they think it's just going to go on and on forever and that they don't have to invest any more money. And that's just not the way. It's never linear. There is always these investment points when you are starting a rent roll uh, from scratch. There are always these investment points where you have to reinvest into the business. But believe me, and you can see this across so many stone offices and so many other offices that I've worked with. Once you get over that threshold of 300, then 500, and on your journey to 1,000, it all makes perfect sense. And you now have an asset that is worth probably millions of dollars. You have cash flow coming through, recurring income, and you also have what they call fixed cost ratio. So you have money coming into the business that even and as we are now facing a softer market in sales, 
even when you are facing those softer markets, you actually have enough income and cash flow to keep your business open. That is what I call the sleep at night factor, the principles and owners of businesses. That's that's really interesting. What 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 are the typically those telltale signs that you're you're approaching one of those investment points where you've got to start investing ahead of the curve? Yeah. So look, a rule of thumb. So it can be. Look, I've seen uh, one business that had a hybrid role that took a business from zero to nearly two hundred without reinvestment in or investment in a new person. Exceptionally rare and an exceptionally rare hybrid role uh, person in that role. So, you know, if you look at it to say is one to 100, that, that's actually the first point where you would start to think about that investment. And then 200 to 300, that's another point where you would start to think about that investment point. So as I said before, it's a hybrid role, one to 100. One to 200, you'd be looking at a new business role and a senior property manager role. And then 200 to 300, you're adding a leasing consultant, but you're also starting to think about, as we talked about before, adding some outsourcing into the business and investing probably in some more tech, prop tech as well, to support the business. Typically, how many properties should a property manager be be handling? And and with that, do do you suggest portfolio or task-based management structures? So uh, I love this question because people have been asking it for about, uh, 50 years now, and no one has ever been able to answer it correctly. Uh, it's to me, after being in the industry for 30 years, it's like someone asking uh, you, Luke, what is the only car an Australian must drive? Uh, there are so many variables that come into effect when it is around how many properties can a property manager manage. So this is the way I'm going to answer it for you. Uh, what, what's the lowest I've seen? Uh, the lowest I've seen. Typically, is around, as I said before, that 100 mark. And what's the highest I've seen is around the 400 mark. But we have to be very careful here. That's a very, very wide range there. So let me talk about not the 100 mark, but the 400 mark. The 400 mark, um, which is rare, uh, as one example, was an office that uh, I was looking after a few years ago. And this particular property manager had been in the same business in the same role for 10 years and was obviously a very good property manager, but he was also a very good relationship manager. And we'll talk about that. That's a very, very important factor. Very good relationship manager. Built up an incredible rapport and bond with his clients. Now, why is that important? If you have an incredible rapport and bond with your clients and they trust you impeccably, even if you make a mistake, they let you off the hook. And a lot of the time also, when you ring them and say, hey, I've got a $500 repair, I just wanted your approval, a lot of them will say, you know what, Mike? Don't bother ringing next time. Just do it because they trust you. And that makes it so much easier to manage all those properties. Now, let's be very clear. That was an extreme example. The next way I'll answer this question is say, well, what would you say right now, Michael, is the sort of average bandwidth? So the average bandwidth right now with support now that's outsourcing and support roles, is sitting around 180 to 220. At a stretch, 250. But we have to be very careful. Um, And you asked about portfolio and tasks. So back in uh, 2001, I was uh, the general manager, as I said before, of McGrath Property Management, 2,800 management. The average portfolio that my senior property managers were looking after was about 400. 
I had one portfolio that was 200. You say, well, why was that? Well, I was everyone doing 400 and one person's doing 200. And this is where we have to be very careful too when answering this question. The reason for that was that that 200 portfolio was my executive portfolio. So these are the properties that were sitting out in Warclose and Watson's Bay. They were, you know, 10 bedrooms, five bathrooms, saunas, spas, pools, helicopter pads, you name it. The clients were, you know, high profile clients. Even the tenants were high profile people as well. A lot more moving parts, a lot more expectation around people in those roles than someone that's looking after blocks of, you know, two bedroom red brick apartments. The next one is distance, Luke, distance of the properties. And uh, I'll give you an example of that. I had a office that uh, was one of my offices. It was in St. Leonard's. And I had two people manning that office, basically a senior property manager and a leasing consultant. And they had 350 properties. And they say to me, well, Michael, you know, that, that's very high. How did they do that? Well, the reason was about 200 of those properties were in two high-rise buildings sitting underneath them which was called the forum. So basically, to lease a property, you went to a lift. You walked out of your office and went to the lift. To do a routine inspection, you went out of your office and went to the lift. So there's all these variables. It can also be around uh, maintenance. So if you have a portfolio full of, say, terrace houses in Balmain and Paddington, they're very susceptible to, obviously, maintenance issues compared to properties like the forum, uh, apartments. And as I said before, also around support roles, uh, what sort of support roles and outsourcing are supporting that uh, senior property manager looking after that portfolio. So I'd love to tell you, look, the magic number, Luke, is 173, <laughs> but it's actually not. It's uh, There are all sorts of variables. All I can give you basically is this range, if you like. Ben, yeah, that's, that's all I can do right now. And to be honest with you, this question has been asked uh, for the last 50 years and no one has ever come up with the exact answer. No, I think you've answered it very well. Thank you. And uh, we need to get to that point. So we want to experience those rates of growth. Um, and with that, we that key role as you've identified is that new business or BDM type role. In terms of incentives and management structures, what, what have you seen out there that really uh, drives high levels of performance for that new business role? So this is, as I said before at the beginning, there are the two hardest roles to recruit, uh, the hybrid role and then BDMs. Now, uh, I don't like calling it BDM, by the way, um, and I'll come to that in a minute, but the, the best BDMs in terms of results I've seen are businesses that where, as an example, and I've seen many of these, where it's a husband and wife team and the husband is running the sales side of the business and the wife is running the property management side of the business and typically is in that BDM role. Why is that important? Because there's skin in the game, right? The house is mortgaged against the business. They have obviously a very vested interest in doing well. So that's one example. The next example is uh, in terms of best BDMs I've seen performing are uh, people that have a uh, mortgage, that have a, uh, let's say, a great like for the good things in life. They want to create wealth for themselves. Uh, these are typically the type of people that I would like to hire uh, in these roles. People that are either um, have that ambition, 
but also have that taste for the good things in life, but also want to create wealth for themselves. Uh, or if you're looking at a business, um, someone that has some skin in the game, if that makes sense. In terms of incentives, uh, and I've already heard a couple, by the way, in the Stone Network, and obviously over the years I've heard there's all sorts of variations on this, but for me, uh, this model which says let's just give the BDM half a week's rent or a flat fee every time they get a new management, uh, for me that, that was redundant 15 years ago. For me, the best incentives are around the value created by a new client consultant or BDM. So this is focusing the BDM on high-value properties, high-value fees, uh, rather than just bringing in business at 4 or 5%, half a week's letting fee, maybe scratching out some other fees too. For me, it's all about what was the value you created each month. Yeah, so really important to understand that these models where it's, half a week's rent, $300 per management, whatever it might be, they're outdated. They're the new way to incentivize uh, new client consultants or BDMs is in terms of the value they have created. And uh, I guess that ties in with the next question. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, how do you see technology and to your point just then around service delivery, how do you see that changing? Uh, also, the, the influx of millennials being future property investors, changing the way in which we communicate with our future clients as well. So a lot of work's being done right now on AI, uh, artificial intelligence, and I do believe that is the future. Um, from companies like Property Tree, MRI, uh, I know they're investing heavily. Um, Property Realm, Rental Heroes, there's all these companies investing, and that will be the way. Uh, so that'll be the next evolution in our business um, will be AI, artificial intelligence. And so what happens there, Luke, is outsourcing right now is, in a way, doing obviously property admin and doing you know some leasing admin, et cetera, but they, they will actually be the first to be made redundant um, when this is actually you know really up and running well, this artificial intelligence. But it takes a lot of data. I'm not for one minute going to you know, suggest that I understand how um, to write code for AI, et cetera, and how it works, except for what I've read but what and what I've heard and the discussions I've had. But from what I gather, it takes a huge amount of data to create the perfect AI system, and that's what they're working on right now. So eventually, what you will see is these companies in the Philippines will start to actually make roles redundant as this software develops and the AI develops in the software. So. From there, uh, you say, well, in 10, 10 years' time, it's a big jump, 10 years from now, but what does a property manager role look like or you know, a, a new business role? But for property managers, for me, as that starts to unfold and obviously there's less property admin to do, it's really more about being a relationship management role and a sales-based role. So what I mean by that is relationships, so building relationships to obviously nurture and create more business, but also selling on adjacencies. Um, that's the next phase as well, is that property management will actually be able to do what it really should have been doing 10 years ago, if you're asking me, in terms of concierge and being able to offer more than just manage your property. Now, look, think of a vendor loop. Uh, you know, I just recently purchased a property um, in Baddow Bay, and I needed 
so many tradespeople for my property. I needed, you know, builders, um, pool people, gardeners, you name it, right? Everything for my property. Um, but I was brand new to the area. I don't know tradespeople up here. Imagine if the company I purchased my property through actually had their property management company, uh, part of their business contact me and say, Michael, congratulations on the purchase. Just so you know, you're now a life client of our company. And as part of being a life client of our company, we're going to offer you this concierge service. So part of that will be, have you got a removalist book yet for your move? Have you got a cleaner booked? Have you got a gardener for your property, a pool person, a this or that, a builder? We do that for you because we actually manage X amount, 100 properties up here and we actually have a platform that you as a purchaser and by the way, a future landlord client of ours can access. That's one example of where we're going to head, right? And where that relationship manager role will come into play and that sales-based role will come into play, if that makes sense. I think that's a key. That's what I've taken from, from your thoughts that you've shared is that it is about applying a growth or a sales mindset to PM growth. Um, mate, we've, we've covered some fairly in-depth topics in a short period of time. We've covered off structures. We've covered off the future of what rent rolls look like and how our, our property managers and our new business people can effectively communicate. We've also covered off structurally um, how to adequately manage and plan ahead for growth. Uh, and also what the future of property management looks like. So, Michael, really appreciate your time uh, today. I think we might do this as a two-part series. We've got a whole list of other questions. I know we're running short on time for today, but look forward to uh, to, to sharing all your insights from the last 30 years' experience, mate. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me today. And, uh, yeah, look forward to our next session. Terrific. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us on the Stone Real Estate Industry Podcast. To learn more about us, be sure to visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player so you don't miss out on any future conversations with industry peers. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate our ratings on iTunes or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information to inform and inspire you. Bye for now.